Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Johnny Crypto himself, the one and only NFT expert, NFT Tones, and we have a very special guest today, and I want to welcome him because it's his first time on the show, Mr. Selman Gee, also known as Selman Gee Investing. We're going to learn a ton from these guys. I'm going to take you a quick rundown. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we're going to be discussing Ripple versus SEC, confidence building as a resolution emerges, XRP to the moon? Maybe. Central banks replacing SWIFT? Is gold the best hedge against inflation in 2022? And NFT expert reveals three projects our listeners should be aware of. So with that being said, I'd love to give everyone a chance to say hello before we get into our topics. We'll start with Mr. Johnny Crypto. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I hope you're all having a good day. Thank you, Abs. It's always great to be here and uh, super excited to hear from our guest today. So uh, good morning, everybody. Yes. Awesome. And then we'll go to NFT Tones next since he's a little more experienced than Selman. NFT Tones, welcome back to the show. We got a ton of positive comments last time, so I'm really happy you're here today. How's it going, man? Why don't you give people a quick rundown of the projects you're going to talk about? It's good to be back. Thanks for having me back, Ads. And I'm doing wonderful. So uh, first up, we're going to be doing Krabita. So that's basically a game on the AVAX network. Then we'll be taking a look at Crypto Unicorns, which is a game on the Matic network. And then we'll be taking a look at Bomb Crypto, which is a game on the Binance network. Very cool. So we're bringing our users the best NFT projects. We think these are the easiest ways to earn passive income or just get in on the foundation of what we think is important. Before we get into our first topic, Selman, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Good morning. And for those of you who live outside the uh, the U.S., probably in Europe, good afternoon. I'm in the library today. That's why I need to whisper a little bit because I'm traveling, but I'm still fully prepared, ready to rock it here on the show. Love it. Very excited to have you. So listeners, if it sounds like you're listening to NPR, don't be worried. You're still on the Good Morning Crypto show. We just got a guest in the library. So with that being said, we'll, we'll, roll, we'll roll right into the Bitcoin fear and greed index here. So this morning we're showing a 33, which is moderate fear. We've been in this zone for a while. I mean, we had very, very high expectations earlier in the week. We were sitting around a 51, 52. And the previous month we were in the low 20s with very low expectations I'm fairly optimistic. I like some of the narratives that are out there right now. There's a lot of pessimism. I'd love to turn it over to Selman and just get some of his opinions. What's going through your mind with Bitcoin specifically? And then we'll talk about the altcoins a little later. Yeah. Um, all I can say is um, based on um, the you know, fear and green index, all I can say is right now, guys, um, we're, you know, because of the Ukrainian conflict, et cetera, like Bitcoin has seen a huge hit and then we made it back up to 44K. But 
most important part is um, why we have a lot of volatility is, you know, we have not only the Ukrainian conflict, but the Fed meeting, which comes, um, which is going to happen in like, I would say like uh, 12 days now, yeah. March 16th, should it be? Yeah. And um, there is a lot of volatility because, you know, the Ukrainian conflict is one thing, but we have a way more important topic to discuss, which is, of course, the interest rates, because we know the ultimate reason for this bull run has been, you know, the central banks printing shit ton of money. So yep. excuse my language, but no. it's a very important uh, topic. And that's uh, our right favorite now, word. Yeah. And they're and they're definitely uh, going to reduce their balance sheet. And we need to discuss that as well. So I truly believe this is like, and we can discuss that after that, that after the first, F, the second FOMC meeting, which will, will be held in two weeks, we will see clarity in the markets. And I think, you know, st I would say stabilization for at least, you know, for the midterm. Midterm would mean like for the next couple of months, we would see, you know, real action because people are super scared because of the Ukrainian conflict, you know, a war, the invasion, war, all of that uh, shoots prices up, especially energy costs. And we need to discuss that inflation will go much higher. And that's why I truly believe, you know, people are super scared because of the Fed. Uh, their intervention will be highly important. And if we at least see how much they're going to um, react to the current situation, that's going to give us, you know, um, prediction how it's going to be this year until the end of 2022 and we'll see which you know uh, which assets are going to be a hedge against inflation will bitcoin um because you know bitcoin copies what the te technology um yep. companies do um s&p 500 nasdaq for example and if we see that the whole market is recovering bitcoin will definitely um you, you know benefit from that and yep. or if it's the opposite maybe we want to check out if there are other sectors that there will be other sectors that will benefit from this rate hike etc so yep. Yep. and typically when we look at the fed unloading from their balance sheets we'll see that it, it happens over a very short period of time and they don't regress very often we showed a we showed a chart earlier it might have been last week actually that johnny crypto brought to us that showed when they're accumulating, it happens drastically. And then we have these really short-term moments of offloading, and then we begin to accumulate again. So if there is that fear in the market, I wouldn't get scared out. I'd remain optimistic and approach it as an individual. I wouldn't follow the herds. If everyone's exiting, it doesn't mean you should exit. You should take your personal situation into consideration. But I'd love to run through some of the uh, charts and prices today. So we'll start off with the coin market cap. We've got $1.8 slightly down from where we've been uh, this entire week. Bitcoin sitting just above 40,000 at 40,800. Ethereum sitting at 2,600. We've got XRP at 73 cents. Terra Luna just under $90. Cardano at 86 cents. I never thought I would see these levels again back in September when we were pumping above $3. And then I'd love to scroll down to just check out Cosmos is 3333. That's a beautiful number right there. And where is our favorite Kronos? We will get to it. We will get to it, people. All right, we'll have to come back to it. I, I might have scrolled. It was by. above got, Cosmos. What'd you say? It was above Cosmos. Yeah, it's got to be up here. There we go. Chronos, forty-one cents. So I'm fairly optimistic. I'm not accumulating. I've done my accumulating. I am staking to earn some passive income in in many of these projects. But before we get into some of our topics, I'd love to get another word from Selman. How are you approaching the altcoins as opposed to Bitcoin? And 
what's going through your mind? Now, I would love to share my screen. However, I think because of the Wi-Fi connection here, it's going to um, be tough. But definitely next week, it's going to be different. So awesome. all I can say is um, you have mentioned the fear index. And historically, the best time to dollar cost average was when there was extreme fear. And that's, you know, the current situation. Right now, we're in fear. We're close to extreme fear. So perfect chances to dollar cost average uh, long term. Um, this is like where you have benefited the most and all coins of course will be like my opinion about all coins there are only a few all coins that i think have long-term potential they resonate with me but many many all coins you know it's just a bet on software and bet on um i, I would say it's a huge speculation because we don't really know if they're going to succeed in the next four years, if they're going to be here in the next five years, maybe. That's why it's going to be super tough to say, guys, buy this long term. It's going to be uh, worth it. It's always you know, up to the investor if you believe in it, if you bet on um, that technology, of course. But for right now, what I can say is Bitcoin is, of course, a main driver. And if you see the Bitcoin dominance going, going up, that actually, when we talk about this non-stop on our market update calls yeah. um and that r a rise in dominance can have a also a negative impact on altcoins why is that if you see bitcoin rising that's beautiful that's perfect altcoins will benefit from that but if bitcoin uh, shakes off for a quick moment you will see how altcoins bleed if dominance is very high because they're going to be so dependent on Bitcoin in that moment. But if you see Bitcoin rising and whereas dominance is going lower, perfect conditions for altcoins. That means that um, altcoins are super strong compared to Bitcoin. And even if you see a little shake off for Bitcoin, altcoins won't be affected that much. If Bitcoin drops 5%, altcoins will only drop 2 or 3%. That's it. But wow. if dominance is high, then you know you got to be uh, scared if you know there is a little volatility in the markets because uh, all coins will be hit um yeah we'll see a huge um hit of course and um yeah i'll i'll try to open a uh, like an indicator for me which is very important but yep. um, but you guys can continue i will just yeah i'd love to chime in because previously in the week we discussed what blockchain backers been indicating to us that we're we're going to experience this dead cap bounce this b wave and go up to fifty-eight thousand before we get a quote-unquote alt season so i'd love to hear your opinion on that are you anticipating an alt season and how is bitcoin's price going to affect your exit strategy if we do get up into that fifty-eight thousand dollar range are you anticipating us going there or is there a possibility for bullish momentum now if we hit 58k that would be amazing because historically the 702 yep. Fibonacci uh, level ret uh, retracement level has been the you know altcoin indicator, and if we hit that level, of course, 58k, of course, um, what you can think of as a great alt alt season. But the funny thing is, we all have been, everyone in the world have you know has been focusing on um, the same structure as in the past. It didn't rhyme. Uh, perfectly as in the past why because now we have new sectors nfts we have gaming metaverse all of that and we got this uh, distractions non-stop what we have seen is little alt seasons every like every quarter we've seen like 
um, some sectors growing nfts for example huge business people don't really focus on on crypto anymore they, they are willing to pay like fifty thousand for one nft instead of buying you know cryptocurrencies with that money so you see we had a lot of money actually in the markets but it went in, in like the distribution of the money was different um, and that's why i believe you know we're gonna see at some point yes we will benefit from from that um momentum but i don't think that you know many altcoins will hit a new all-time high we will still be able to buy the dips and make a two or three x i'm i personally believe it's going to be very tough to see a mega alt run uh because yep. we have this you know new sector which is nfts and you know i'm also involved in it right now yep. and um it's a whole new level and i personally believe nfts have way more utility than cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. you can put so much at so much value to nfts that you can't do with like a single cryptocurrency and you need many different currencies for that that's why i believe the distribution yes i, I you know will be different again nfts will rise but at some point cryptocurrencies will also benefit from that but in total i don't believe that we're going to see a massive alt run again for now um more like consolidation and for for bitcoin and all coins will benefit from that two three four x depending on the project you'll be able to see that look at cosmos for example we've been talking about cosmos non-stop and the projects there juno we mentioned that when it was a four dollar six dollar now it's over it's around 42 dollars now wow that's crazy so you will see some coins doing phenomenal but some coins they're just going to consolidate such as PancakeSwap, still in consolidation or bearish whereas like the cosmos ecosystem is booming with great airdrops uh, I heard a, so Selman, I heard a fascinating take from Waters Above Crypto last week when we had him on. He was saying that we actually experienced our quote unquote alt season last April. And all of these coins experienced all this price appreciation. Everyone said, oh, look, adoptions here clearly wasn't the case. Now we've been in somewhat of a 12 month bear market for the alts. And in the previous cycle, exactly 12 months out was the bottom of the bear market. So I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto because we haven't heard from him yet. Johnny, what's going through your mind? Are you are you bullish? Are you bearish? Just take it anywhere you'd like. So I think I think uh, someone touched on a point that makes great sense here. Is the reality is everybody's looking at and thinking about you know the past, the history, and they look at the 2013 bull market, they look at the 2017 bull market, and kind of and that's typically what people do, right? And they look at that and say, okay, let's replicate that and see what that looks like. And BC Backer has been very successful at doing that so far. But I think the reality is the market dynamics of this whole entire industry has changed. You know, whereas from 2013 and 2017, <clears throat> these were speculative markets. There was no technology. There was nothing running. Now you actually have these technologies working. They're running. People are launching NFTs. Uh, there's DeFi. There, there's play to earn. There's so much going on where these things are real. We're now more in a real kind of regular market to some degree. <clears throat> and we're very, very early still, but you are starting to see adoption. You're seeing huge um, institutions investing in this stuff. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit of a different market. So I'm I'm not so sure we're going to get what everybody's expecting, this monster alt season. As Waters Above said, we kind of already got that last year. Um, for me, now it's more about looking for and fiddling through and finding the the technologies or cryptocurrencies that have a real world use case, a real world solve, and then starting to accumulate those now. 
Yeah. So that in the long run, you know, five years right now for me, I'm no longer looking at short term waiting for this altcoin season to run. No, no, no. I'm looking at 2025. So I'm now starting to pick things that make sense. I say I want to get in and I want to set it and forget it, buy and hold, because we are going to go through this enormous <clears throat> exponential takeoff in this market, just the way we did with the internet back in 1997. We had gotten into some of those, right? Today, if you got in the Amazon or Yahoo, you would you'd be you'd be super rich right now. So you, you yep. want to find those that you think are going to have lasting power. Majority of these coins are going to be gone in a few years. And and to be honest with you, Abs, I'm still praying for regulation. Everybody's scared yep. of it. I want it and I want it badly and I want it quickly because the minute it comes and clarity comes to this market, we'll finally get to see where the big boys think the real technologies are because that's going to unleash tons of dollars that are going to flow into that market. So for me, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm more of a set it and forget it kind of hold. But listen, I got my exit strategy and that's why, you know, here at the Academy is so important. When you come into the Academy, you're going to start to learn. You get your head right first. Yep. Your head's not right. Nothing works. You got to get your head right. Then when you get your head right, you're going to realize like, oh crap, I need to have an exit strategy. And you put one in place. And again, just because you have an exit strategy doesn't mean you're exiting hundred percent. No, 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 no. You pick a certain amount you want to hold and a certain amount you want to sell. And the portion that you decide you want to sell, you then break that into increments that you want to sell. And we've got mm -hmm. a, a spreadsheet that's going to help people do that. So you're prepared. So if we get the alt season, hey, then guess what? You already got your game plan. You don't want to be trying to figure out your game plan when there's two minutes left in the game and you're down by seven points. You need to have that shit figured out before the game even starts. And so here at the Academy... Uh, we, we do that and we're ready. So I'm ready to go, man. I'm just waiting. I hope Selma's right. I'd love to see 58K. We knew there was going to be a battle at 44, 45K. You could see it on the chart. Yep. Could we bust through that and could we hold it? So but let's hope we get another attempt at it. And if she can bust through and hold above, we get a couple closing candles above that. I think we'll, you know, we'll all be feeling a lot better. Yeah, and someone brought up something fascinating where he said he believes NFTs actually have more utility than regular cryptocurrencies. So really quick, before we dive into our first article, which will be a Ripple XRP versus the SEC article, someone, why don't you kind of speak to that a little bit? Why do you think NFTs may have more value than cryptocurrencies in the long term? Yeah, that's a very, very important question. Um, because the more I dive into NFTs, the more I believe, you know, it can really solve um, problems. For example, just the value that it can add to companies imagine like you can create your own community and um and enrich your community by uh, bringing out tokens imagine like in the past we were buying these collectibles these cards you know uh, baseball cards whatever but now uh, you know and i was always asking myself like who is buying that crap right <laughs> back then i thought like that but right now if you check out like nfts you can always like you, you can find ways to bring or let's say generate passive income. You can help people build generational wealth with uh, NFTs. You can um, create IRL events. You can use it as a ticket system. You can um, let's say if you want to do certain giveaways or whatever you want as a company, you can do that with NFTs easily. Ethereum is probably not the best solution because you have to pay a lot of gas fees because of yep. energy concerns. But HBAR, imagine Ripple would do that. A lot of blockchains are out there with beautiful, you know, um, fast and secure um, technologies and efficient uh, technologies mm -hmm. that you can, you know, provide value. You can literally 
you can add the value. Imagine like you're talking about Ethereum. Ethereum is a currency. You can use it for multiple things. You can create a smart contract. But if you have an NFT, a non-fungible token, you can say, hey, whoever owns this token will have this, will have that, will have those things, whatever. You can fractionalize an asset. All the goods in the world out there, you know, everything you see around you, the land or whatever, the ceiling, you can fractionalize it, create NFTs and share it with the world. Yeah. And it's the beauty of that. With cryptocurrencies, you're just limited to something. You can't say, hey, if you have Ethereum, we, we tokenize the, the land. It's ETH. No, it's it's a currency. But a token is is basically you're digitalizing a certain good. It doesn't have to be a physical good. It could be a digital thing, an idea, whatever. You can, everything you have, even, and this is the best part, imagine, um, um, I just heard of, like, how someone wants to create a marketplace for, and this is a very different topic, by the way, a very different way of thinking. There is a, a director I talked to, and he said, in the past, he wrote scripts. And the problem is when you share it with a Hollywood a studio there is a high chance that they just take it and use it and don't you know give you any rights or whatever yeah and super hard to to um let's say explain the world that it was your work and you know you, you can't do anything they have 50 or 100 lawyers you can't you're a tiny fish right in the ocean but if it's an nft if you tokenize the script they can't do anything no one in the world can change it because you have put it on the blockchain and it's going to stay there forever imagine there is going to be a marketplace only for scripts and that's a beauty that's the beauty of nfts you can add anything you want to that nft attach it to that nft and that's why i believe nfts are the real world solution and cryptocurrency is the pioneer it led us to that i but love that cryptocurrencies will be here of course we will use it as a payment system for sure and other things such as smart contracts but the uh, but you know at some point smart contracts are attached to uh, sorry nfts are attached to smart contracts so there is a perfect balance yep. but nfts are the things that people the consumers will use not the smart contracts yes um, so there's two ways to think of it right selman it's like what what makes nfts so unique is that i can create something and then get a small portion of the resale in perpetuity like if i create an nft for example and then I sell that like NBA top shots, a good example, because I collect baseball cards in the future. The NBA will come out with a, an NBA card. And when that's resold, 2% of that will go back to the NBA. So why would anyone invest in these old investment strategies where we create the card, we sell it for a hundred bucks and then it's gone forever. Whereas opposed to if that card's sold for 150 bucks in the future, they can make an additional five, seven, $10 forever. And there's just so much more opportunity. I know Johnny had a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Well, I wanted to tell someone we we know one person that's been but that was buying those NFT crap when it first started out. <laughs> we got him here today, um, but you know you're absolutely right. If you're a content creator right now, there's no better time in the world to be living because you now can create something that you own. You know whether it's music or whether it's uh, art or game, whatever it is. When you create that NFT because of the smart contract. You can build in a, a royalty, as Abs was talking about. And now, in the past, you know, you had to chase that, or you know, the other companies would beat you up, or they would, you know, you were fighting for every little penny because there were so many people um, in the in the ecosystem uh, or in the supply chain of you know creating the content. Somebody had to distribute it for you, and they wanted a piece of the pie, and everybody wants a piece of the pie. 
But the reality is today, you create the content, you launch an NFT, and then every time it gets sold, the blockchain keeps track of that down the road so that that royalty keeps coming back to you forever, a lifetime stream, and nobody else gets a piece of the cut, and you decide what it is. So NFTs are super exciting for that because they're going to, they are, as, as, as um, someone said, they're going to change the physical world. I mean, right now, there are companies that are working on digitizing real estate where you could turn your real estate into, you know, little chunks of, you know, basically it's like to, to make, to bring it home for the, the folks out there listening, just think about you being able to create a stock for something you own. It's just like creating stock, right? Shares in something, and then you can distribute that. And everybody can buy a little piece of it for those folks who want to maybe own some real estate and can't afford to buy a whole building. They can now buy a piece of it. You can tokenize NFT and do that. So NFTs are going to revolutionize. Someone's 100% right. It's yep. going to change the game of the way we go, you know, into the new world. I love there's, it. Yeah. There's also one thing that I'd like to add. Um, right now, people see all the apes and stuff, right? Like you see animals, etc. That's just, you know, the, the first hype, the first wave, of course, to introduce people to, to NFTs through digital art. But that's going to be different in the in the future. Probably you you won't buy a piece of art. You just buy the utility immediately, a ticket, mm -hmm. basically, right? But at some point, yes. Uh, even if you buy a concert ticket, for example, you have a nice design. That's that attracts people, and they yeah. want to collect them. And that's why you know digital art will play an important role. But it, the utility behind it is the thing that you actually want to buy, or want to invest in. And that's why you know. All the things you see with apes, etc. It looks kind of scammy. Yes, um, that's true. But you know, focus on the utility. Focus on the teams. Focus on the idea behind it. And that's the beauty of NFTs in the long term. You, like, we should also have a portfolio for NFTs, no doubt. Yes, it's such a unique time, and I'm so happy that we got to bring you and Antonio. We're going to get to this discussion, Antonio. I know we haven't heard from you in a while. Do you have any comments on what we're discussing now? And then we'll hop right into the Ripple SEC article. So. For me, I believe that NFTs have a lot to bring to the future. I feel like we're barely even scratching the surface on NFTs. I feel like NFTs are going to be widely used, not just for this. I feel like they're going to just go everywhere. So eventually, I feel like that they're going to be used in the medical sector, even in the business sector. And what I mean by this is eventually like imagine just having an nft with all your medical records on it so it'd be easy to just go into the doctor's office show your nft they scan it and boom there you are it loads up all your information it's it'd be even easier than a check-in now so like i feel like we're going to get to the point where stuff is going to get much and much more easier and like things are going to be made and developed that we didn't even realize could be done with this technology Awesome. I love it. And I guess we'll end it there. We're under an NFT discussion there and hop into this first article. So Ripple versus the SEC, Brad Garlinghouse expecting some court decisions soon. In a recent interview with Fox Business, Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse has shared an update on the ongoing legal battle with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, claiming that the court will soon rule on several motions. Um, the case continues to move forward and we are expecting some decisions from the court, you know, sooner rather than later. The deadline was originally set for October 12th, but it had been postponed multiple times, four times to be exact, in order to conduct more depositions. I love this. I think that I'll go on the record here. I'm, I'm very optimistic with what Ripple's doing. I'm very optimistic that they're going to come out on top of the SEC. And I, I have a very impactful short clip, but I'd love to kick it around the group and just get some comments on your 
your views on what's happening in the court case and what that could mean for XRP holders. Let's start off with Mr. Johnny Crypto. Uh, my favorite topic. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all know now that this thing is going dragged on way beyond what the norm is for these kind of cases, right? And we've got four delays now, four delays. What the hell's going on here, right? At the end of the day, you know, this thing's all been pre-planned. I mean, Brad Garnhouse sits down and has dinner with these guys uh, <laughs> from the SEC, and now all of a sudden they can't seem to get on the same page. So obviously there's something behind the scene to drag this out for whatever the reason to bring in uh, delays. But what I loved yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw it, there was a small clip by Kensler going around on Twitter. It was all about him talking about the SEC, you know, every once in a while has to take a loss. And so I really think he's just prepping everybody because he knows what's coming. A little subliminal programming there for everybody. Uh, he's like, yeah, we have to go after these things, but sometimes we lose. So uh, it'll be very interesting. Maybe he's just setting up the world to be like, okay, well, you know, when, we, when they lose this one or settle with Ripple, maybe uh, they're just trying to, he's trying to soften the blow here to say, well, you can't win them all. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going to take it that way for now. And I love how people will forget about who Brad Garlinghouse is. Yeah, he's the CEO of Ripple, but he also is the head of digital assets for the World Economic Forum. So his impact goes far beyond this company. And when he speaks, I listen. I deep dive in his content. I'll even listen to it two or three times to make sure I didn't miss anything. Someone, I'm not sure if you have any comments here. Yeah, like I've watched a video um, lately. Mario posted that on Twitter. He um, basically retweeted that. Uh, with a quote saying that, you know, I'm not going to sell any of my XRP because of one reason, like Gensler was on the Fox Business show. I think it was yesterday. I don't want to lie. But what I like is, you know, he also mentioned that what crypto, Johnny Crypto said, um, that, you know, they have been talking nonstop with a former SEC chef, right? But but then at, at some point right now, they're saying, hey, Ripple XRP is a security. Like, what the hell? Like, Years ago, you didn't say you didn't mention anything, and now you, you're coming with this. So clearly, is a sign that there something's brewing in the background, and and I truly believe you know Ripple will come out as being you know the world solution for you know uh, settlement for payment etc. And uh, he also by by the way he also mentioned this is also important that you know. Um, people said, you know, because of the sanctions, Russia, for example, would would use Ripple now, etc. But he also made it clear that the the tr um, the volume that um, Russia needs, you can't do it with crypto right now. There is not enough liquidity for that. So we're too early. He mentioned we're too early, but he knows um, th this is not the Wild West. We are going there. We're going to see that, and I truly believe, you know, Ripple. Um, working with governments together with central banks and also being a partner of um the world economic forum it, yeah. it's a huge deal it's a huge deal you can't just um you know belittle that that that's a huge deal and that's why i believe like ripple is a good investment in my opinion no financial advice but you know diving into it it just resonates with me I love it. And there's so many indicators out there that the SEC is not very confident in what's going on in this case. There's there's a lot of rumors circulating on Twitter the past 24 to 48 hours that there's settlement and all this news. We don't buy into that. That's not what we're about. But I do think it's interesting that these narratives, they get people going and they get them attracted to the right subjects. I'm going to show you guys a clip now from an interview with Gary Gensler. And this is extremely impactful. I'm going to play the audio. Let me know that you can hear it correctly. Let's get right into this. 
this hard this to hear. Has to be willing to go into court mm-hmm. and you know take some losses from time to time, but go into court. Right. I think all of those things. But I want to reiterate. He said the SEC has to be prepared to go into court and take losses sometimes. Mr. Johnny Crypto, I know you have something to say about that. Please let let our viewers know. Oh, God, I love subliminal programming, baby. There it is. He's setting up the world like, okay, you know what? When we do lose, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told you we can't win them all, right? Think about it. This is so, guys, just look. It's so simple. It's all planned out. And, uh, you know, the reality is look at the historic facts of any of these cases. What does the SEC do in almost every single one of them? They settle. This is going to be settled as well. But as Coach has been saying all along, we need a little regulation. So maybe coming out of that will be a settlement plus regulation. And the reality is this thing is so, um, so complex. The crypto industry is so complex and it's so early. There's so many moving parts to it that I think they need to, they're trying to get their shit together on how do you regulate this thing. I think all of that's going, this is just my own personal opinion. I think while they're trying to figure this all out, get it all ready so that they can then feed it to the SEC so they can come out with a settlement in this case, right? So this buys people time to go and do what they need to do, figure out how we're going to regulate, what are we going to put forward as the new Howie test, and then we'll come out with it, you know, through this SEC case. That's what I think is going on. So we'll we'll see if that's happening. But again, I mean, you know, it's all about subliminal programming here. So you're right. And, you know, in terms of settlement, here's the thing, guys. No, there is no settlement yet. We haven't we haven't heard anything. What we're saying is we believe that's what will happen because that's typically what happens in these cases. Now, how are you going to know? You're not going to hear about it first. What you're going to do is you're going to see the price action. When you, If you want to know when this case is settled, just keep an eye on XRP. And, and everybody out there does that anyway. But when you start to see the price going up exponentially for no reason and no news, and you're wondering what the hell is going on, that's what's going on. That means somebody in the background knows that a settlement or something is coming close, coming soon. That's going to be the only indicator we, the normal people, are going to get. Is you're going to get to see price action going like this. Uh, <clears throat> so keep an eye on that. And then don't be surprised uh, soon thereafter if you start to hear news about a settlement You know, within maybe the next few months. But you will absolutely know because you'll see it in the price. I love it. And I think that once we get this settlement and we get some form of clarity, we're going to see the use case being implemented. And then we get what's called the flip of the switch, which is the biggest conspiracy in the entire XRP community. But I want to make sure the audio is clear. So I'm going to play this one sentence one more time for our viewers. Here's Gary Gensler talking about the agency. This, this agency has to be willing to go into court mm-hmm. and, you know, take some losses from time to time. You heard? <laughs> I mean, Who says that? Who says on. that? Who goes in and says, oh, we're going to go and we're going to take some. Who does that? Why would you say that? What's the purpose of that? Come on, Gary. Just tell us it's going to end soon and you're going to settle, please. Yes. And we're going to play the clip that Selman was talking about earlier as well when Brad Garlinghouse had some statements on Fox Business. But NFT Tones or Selman, please step to the forefront and let us know what's going through your mind. Are you guys laughing at this like Johnny is or what's going on? (laughs) I am definitely laughing a bit at this. It, It is definitely a little weird. For somebody to come out and say, "Yeah, we're, we're expect some losses." It's like, <laughs> what? Like, why? Like, you want to prevent losses, don't you? Like, I, I don't know. You it, would think it's weird that they come straight out and tell you, "Yeah, like, be prepared. We might, 
lose something. Like they they're like I feel like they're actually telling you like be prepared, like get ready. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And Coach JV had a really good point. Um, he said that even the most complicated cases typically go on for about 24 months, and we're 14 months into this case. And in my opinion, I mean, it's it's diverse. It's not complicated whether it's a security or not. Does it have utility? And are you betting on price appreciation just from the success of Ripple? No. There's use cases outside of Ripple for XRP. Selman, I saw you had a comment. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we're talking about a project that is not like a like a side project or something. No, we're talk <laughs> we're dealing with a – not a project we're de dealing with a company basically um it's asset or let's say it's currency to be uh you know clear it's yep. um currency is worth more than like like it was um at some point more like more worth than like 50 billion 60 billion right um 50 billion dollars that's that's you know a lot of money so you can't just say hey it's like a side project no and it's dealing with the world economic forum it's working side by side with governments uh, cbs right a lot of central banks and you can't just come and say you know uh, yeah it takes 14 months it's normal no something's brewing i truly believe in that and, and i wanted to say i lost actually trust in and this is my opinion guys don't get me wrong i yeah. i lost a lot of trust in governments um also because of what happened you know during the pandemic people told us there is a pandemic but in the background you've seen all the different changes they've made they worked on for the last five years and um that's why i believe this right here the sec case i think it was planned out because uh um the ceo of ripple also believes that you know he doesn't want to make it official but you're, you're going to watch the fox uh, business uh, video and you'll yep. see like that he thinks it's all made up and he's you know also laughing so he truly believes actually that the case will be settled very very soon and um there is a subliminal message in my opinion so let's let's watch it i love it and selman i'm pretty sure you'll recognize this twitter account when it comes up so feel free to give yourself a shout out okay <laughs> we'll get right into this brad garlinghouse clip here we go designed 50 years ago it's slow it's expensive but it is a choke point that the governments use to enforce sanctions my point is Nothing that Ripple is doing circumvents any of that. So you're following the sanctions um, exactly. Like, for example, it's like what eight banks and a couple can still trade through it theoretically. Correct. The, the sanctions are applied through what I'll call the choke points, the on ramps and off ramps. That's true for Swift. That's true for Ripple. Regardless of the, what I'll call just the plumbing of how things are moving, the choke points are the endpoints. So I think, you know, when I step back and look at this, I think there is a lack of knowledge. I think people need to understand that. Crypto isn't this kind of black box. It's kind of back from when it was known as Silk Road. The industry has come a long way. So an oligarch, or let's just say Vladimir Putin, couldn't finance tanks through Bitcoin. Look, one of the things that people don't realize is there's just not enough liquidity. Yeah. Russia used to trade pre-sanctions $50 billion of uh, cross-border kind of transactions per day. Crypto does not have anywhere near that. So, right, you know, right. look at, in the same way that somebody could be taking wheelbarrows of rubles uh, or the Ukrainian currency across to Poland and think like there are ways you could do that. And, but it's really not significantly dissimilar. Why are they so obsessed with it? I'd love to pause it there because I have some comments. <laughs> I mean, look at what's taking place here. It's not an alternative to SWIFT. There's no way that you can use Ripple to get around these sanctions. And I think it's funny that he brings up the on-demand liquidity. 
Russia doing 50 billion in on-demand liquidity cross-border is huge. That's one country, and they're the 11th largest country in on-demand liquidity on the planet. There's 10 other countries transferring more than $50 billion a day cross-border. What does that mean for something like Ripple? Well, I'll bring up the flip of the switch again. When we when they need to use that on-demand liquidity, the market cap has to be well over a trillion dollars. I believe it's $20 trillion are transferred cross-border every year globally. So I'm not going to go as far as to say that XRP will reach a $20 trillion market cap, but we're going to have to get to some number, and it's probably going to be over a trillion. Who has some comments here? I'll kick it to Johnny Crypto first. What's going through your mind? So, you know, I hear a lot of people all the time talking about, well, you know, Ripple doesn't need to use XRP or XRP doesn't need to be used for, for Ripple Net technology to be used. There is some truth in that. Uh, Ripple Net, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the ledger where, where, you know, where Ripple XRP would be used. And so there's a question of whether it would be used or not. But the reality is what other... Yeah, there are other technologies out there potentially that can provide some liquidity. But the reality is we've been saying this from day one. We don't see any one solution that's going to provide all the liquidity for these things. It's going to coexist. If you look at the maps and things that are being put together behind the scenes uh, and look at the ISO 2002 coins, it's going to be a combination of different technologies. And, I, and we all believe Ripple is going to be one of those. I mean, guys, they're working with like over 40 central banks. They designed this, and and Brad was very careful. If you saw uh, the video Coach played yesterday or the day before, um, when he was meeting with Christine Lagarde and all the other big wigs, um, one of the events might have been one of the World Economic Forum events. He was very careful to say we didn't design, you know, our our ledger technology and XRP to compete with central banks. It's designed to facilitate CBDCs. He literally said they are not CBDCs. Right. So they're going to all the banks will create their own CBDCs, um, but they will be the rails that will allow those those CBDCs to transfer and provide that liquidity across market there. So that's what's a crucial part. And XRP will be a part of it. There's no question about it. Will they will they run the whole world? No, probably not. They're going to coexist with other ones um, at the end of the day. But the way to look the way I'm looking at it is getting in now and early, it will have a huge impact on how this whole thing comes. So when they do flip the switch and when they do decide we're moving into a, you know, more of a, the quantum financial system, there's no doubt about it. Abs in my mind that ripple is going to be here. But if, but if folks are worried about XRP and they don't think it's going to be the basis, then you know what? You can invest in ripple. So for all you out there today, if you're an accredited investor, you can go to websites like link to, and you can actually buy ripple shares. So if you're not a believer in XRP, you can, and you are of ripple, and the RippleNet technology, then you can invest in that. But me personally, apps, I'm a believer that XRP will have a place to play in this entire um, new infrastructure that's coming. And you know I feel the same way. I'm also a, a large investor in XLM. I saw we had a comment there. It's not discussed very often because of everything that's going on with the SEC case, but I, I, I am buying there. Not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I'm just showing you how to navigate the market. And if you guys are enjoying this content and want a deeper fundamental understanding of what to do in the crypto space, these are the guys to turn to, and the best place to go there is 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to Selman, access to Johnny Crypto, access to NFT Tones. You get a one-on-one. -on -one. You can see Coach JV's portfolio, and he really breaks down the mindset that it takes to navigate this market correctly. We host tons of weekly meetings, and you'll get plenty of access to us. So I'd love to kick it to Selman here. What's going through your head? Yeah, there's one thing that I'd like to add, uh, one final uh, point, which is, and we talked about it multiple times last year. So... There are, of course, cryptocurrencies that maybe from a, um, in terms of efficiency or 
and or cost efficiency way better than XRP, which is, for example, there is this cryptocurrency called Nano, right? And Nano is like there are zero fees when you transfer, make a, tra a transaction. It's super fast. And, you know, you have HBAR, for example, super fast. Uh, probably faster i don't know um but i know that like some cryptocurrencies were faster than ripple but here's the deal you see these technologies you can also invest in them and this is by the way no financial advice but what i love about ripple is they are working with the elite they are by the elite i mean with central banks with the ones that really like pretty much rule the world right we're talking about the governments we're talking about central banks i need to um stress that and um the best part is for me personally it's something like the facebook and snapchat scenario right when facebook wanted to purchase wanted to buy uh, snapchat but they said no and what they did was they just copied the technology and instagram is way better than snapchat right now and more valuable right it has been more valuable but now it boosted because of that and what if you know ripple has its resources right all of all that resources and you know it, it has the perfect setup best communication with the with the elite and all of a sudden they say hey you know what we just copy your technology improve our technology we're going to make it way faster that's why i believe you know you want to you can invest in both of course at some point both could benefit from regulations and you know um from i would say like uh mass adoption but ripple has that uh, has in my opinion that you know um that one thing that you know nano doesn't have or other cryptocurrencies and that is um mass adoption of governments and, and central banks you know they they of course you know cryptocurrencies are here we're here for decentralization we want to give the power back to people but in real life there is a limitation of course i don't think that you know you're, we're going to have a fully decentralized world i don't think so uh, that would be also kind of anarchy in my opinion there has to be you know some you know governance uh kind of stuff um and and that's why i believe in ripple yeah I love it. Hey, so anybody, oh, anybody who's joining for the crypto talk, we're also doing an ASMR chat today. So you're welcome. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> just kidding. I was just going to say, so, but you've got a career in ASMR. <laughs> you got a great comment. You got a great comment. That's NFT cool. Tones, I saw you wanted to say something. I'd love to hear from you before we move on. Yeah. So well, kind of basing off of what Johnny Crypto said, he said it won't be one coin or one company. I What I'm thinking is it'll be kind of a mix of XLM, HBAR and XRP. So that's at least what I'm thinking. And another thing I want you guys to think about is, do you guys know what the ru Russian rubble is worth right now? Oh man, I know it's down like 50% on the week or something. Yeah, it's worth less than a penny. Wow. So it's at 0 0.009 cents. So that means Fortnite V-Bucks which are valued at one cent is actually worth more than the Russian money. So, <laughs> I love that, Antonio. Can you repeat that one more time? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, folks, don't buy money, buy games. <laughs> Fortnite V Bucks, a currency for Fortnite, is actually worth more than the Russian rubble. So, to put that in perspective, a video game that you can buy currency for and can't cash out is worth more. Than the Russian rubble, a currency that we could use in real life. 
all right. I, I it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. Welcome to the future. Welcome to 2022, where Fortnite is worth more than actual <laughs> currency. But I'll use this time. We got to get going here. So we're gonna roll into our next topic, which is Central Bank of Russia launches Swift replacement with 399 users. So the SPFS network already has 399 users, and Russia is in negotiations with China to get them to start using this protocol as opposed to Swift. We've been talking about this all week, how we're going to need, Russia's going to have to make a pivotal decision here. They're being um, isolated and their, their economy is collapsing drastically. Like I've never seen anything like this before. So their solution is that they're going to try to come up with their own system so that they have a way to exchange value cross border. I'm not sure if you guys have any comments here, but I found this to be extremely interesting. We'll start with Selman. Um, I have to apologize. Like I didn't dive into that kind of uh, topic and that's why i don't have a comment on that but it's a very interesting topic for sure yeah it's it's very cool i appreciate the honesty and it's very cool that we have we have these banks that are they're being kind of transparent i feel like a lot of this information wasn't out in the public in the in previous cycles now the regular retail investor has access to this information that they're building out these new systems and they actually started building this in 2014 so what does that tell you they were preparing to move away from the us dollar and move into some form of a new financial system way, way before this war ever began. Um, Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some thoughts. Nothing happens by mistake in this world or in these things. This thing is all planned out. This thing's been tested, and this is the first trial that they're going to put out there. Now that they've kind of figured, hey, we need to have the system in place, and this is the first rollout of it, guys. This is the beginning of the new quantum financial system, what it's going to... Now, will it look exactly like what they put out here? No, of course not. It's going to evolve over time. But what you're seeing now is the beginning of the transition to the new quantum financial system. Powerful. And so we'll keep the, we'll keep the ball... Ro oh, sorry. NFT Tones, did you have any comments here? Perfect. We'll kick it to the next topic then. So we saw some big drama happen with MetaMask. Crypto industry sanctioned woes on full display in MetaMask's Venezuela hook, uh, hiccup. MetaMask is the gateway for many of the world to Ethereum, which was inaccessible to users in Venezuela. The truth of the matter, however, was that Infura, the infrastructure service also known as the Ethereum conglomerate consensus, has imposed new geoblocks. They're stopping certain portions of the world from having access to their MetaMask. And for a lot of people, that means having access to their cryptocurrency. This continued development, it, it's really showing me that this industry may be more centralized than people realize. And that can be a little bit concerning. Johnny Crypto, I'll kick it to you first. Any thoughts that go through your head when you see them making mistakes like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, um, <laughs> you wonder how much of it is planned versus, uh, you know, again, it's all trial, right? It's all set up to kind of pitch the story, drive you into a narrative. So I guess that's what we're going to have to see what plays out. Not surprised yep. at all. And so currently regions as Iran, North Korea, Cuba, Syria, Crimea, I can't pronounce those other two, <laughs> and regions of the Ukraine do not have access to their funds. But it's I didn't actually know this was possible. I didn't know that they were able to shut down locations on the MetaMask network based on the geography of where you are. So I thought that was really interesting because a lot of people get into crypto to get away from that centralization. And it's just the same exact centralization taking place with different talking heads executing. NFT well, Tones, you got any comments? Actually, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I do want to say that is scary. I mean, think about it. Because yep. like we, everyone's saying the blockchain's decentralized, decentralized, decentralized. And here we are now finding out that 
MetaMask can't be used in certain areas of the country. And to me, I find that insane. Like, no one should be locked out from touching their money. It's their money that they earned and worked for. And no one has the right to take that away from you. And that's how I feel. You put your your time and effort into earning that money. So no one should be able to tell you, no, you can't access that. And totally right, now, but- right now, I feel like the whole world is like telling you, you can't, you can't access your funds. They don't want you. They, they don't want you almost like to be able to live. Like most of those people in Ukraine and stuff, they can't, the, the Russian, like it's all dead. The, yep. So they need somehow to actually have money and be able to live. Otherwise they're all going to die because they can't afford anything. Yeah. Just to, just to chime in there real quick, Abs, um, you know, I think we talked about this last week when we were, when this happened in Canada, right? The reality is this is frankly frightening where, where this is supposed to be a decentralized situation, no KYC. But the reality is, in my opinion, there is no damn way in the world. The government's gonna, governments are going to let people be truly free and let us have our own, you know, money that, that can operate outside the system. They will find a way to bring it in. You're already seeing, you know, these tests and trials of, hey, how do we, how do we stop MetaMask from being used, right? How do we? They will KYC everything. I, in my opinion, if I was a betting man, five years from now, everything will be KYC. So when you go to open a MetaMask wallet, you're gonna have to put your name, your information, and in. I'll be shocked. I will be super surprised if they don't make all these things, uh, all these type of decentralized wallets become KYC. You know, know your customer basically. That means um, in the future, it's the only way to control it. And it's a little indicator to how early we are that we're still learning about things like this. I mean, I'm I'm lurking at this content and deep diving articles every day, and I had no idea that MetaMask could shut down accounts based on where they were geopolitically. Like, does that mean if I had a MetaMask account registered in the United States, but I was on vacation in Venezuela, I wouldn't be able to access that account? Does that mean I could use a VPN to get around some of these sanctions that are taking place in the crypto industry? The nope. next article... Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. No, you know, a VPN is not going to save you either in this case, because at the end of the day... <laughs> If you got to have KYC, yeah, the VPN doesn't help you. So you know it depends on how they set the infrastructure but up. But right now, technically, a VPN could help. Right, right now, now, speaking, yes, because there's no KYC. But when they go KYC, forget about it. It's not gonna. It's gonna. It's not gonna work. Is when are they going KYC? That'll be up to the regulators. We'll see with the exactly. SEC case. And I'm honestly, I just want to throw this comment. It's a little out of left field. I think the CFTC is going to play a huge role in regulating crypto as opposed to the SEC. The SEC almost sounds like they're trying to grasp onto this thing. There was a statement from Gensler and he said, I believe all NFT projects fall under the jurisdiction of the SEC. Does that seem biased? Does that seem like someone trying to protect investors? Or does that seem, you know, it's just, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we just have five minutes left here, but we'll move on to the next topic. How does the war in Ukraine affect oil prices? Already inflated oil prices have skyrocketed over $110 per barrel. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of, that oil has increased in these past few weeks, a 15% increase in the past week. And I remember to plug Waters Above Crypto again, he was saying that he believed in the first quarter we would see in $90 a barrel. And that was back in late 2021. And that was a big conspiracy. And now look at where we are. We're sitting well above $100 a barrel. My father is in the gas industry. So I'm, I'm very familiar. This is how I grew up. I, I understand these markets fairly well. This is not sustainable, and this is going to hurt retail investors. Paying for your heat, paying for your utility bills, filling up your car, that's where people spend their money. I mean, 
driving to work every day, if it takes you 40 minutes to drive to work every day and you're filling up your car once a week, now instead of paying $55, you're paying $85 to fill up your tank. It's a very big difference. Selman, I know you didn't get a chance to deep dive on some of this stuff, but maybe you can just talk about the impacts of inflation and, and what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, one thing that I can say is um, I got a sign that I should be a little quiet. Um, a little one quieter? Thing for sure quieter? is, <laughs> is um, with my with my sexy voice. So um, here's the deal: <laughs> and d- during winter, guys, during winter, um, there's always you know you see energy costs rising because um, the storing oil is is not easy, so you you pay a lot. But in summer. Uh, you see a reduction, of course, you know, um, not only because of demand, of course, you know, we're also using um, oil um, yeah. and gas, you know, in summer, but um, the, uh, basically storing it is much cheaper. And another important thing is the war, of course, if the war ends, the invasion, hopefully, if they can settle, etc., we will see a significant pullback for the oil prices. I truly believe in that, especially in summer. I I, I would say, you know, we will see a pullback, a relief, but, you know, really depends on the invasion as well. But the inflation basically will hit technology, uh, soft technology companies the most because inflation is, of course, a little bit of inflation is great for, uh, for, you know, the markets. One to three percent is ideal. 1.5 was the most, the best one, I would say. I don't want to lie. Based on research, it should be 1.5. But if you see a huge inflation, you can't expect like Bitcoin or other assets to be a great hatch because people are super scared. People are super scared because their um, return on investment is decreasing all the time. And if they raise interest rates, that's the fear they have. They, they are scared that the, um, the government or let's say the central banks are going to intervene. And that's the reason why they're scared and you see a massive pullback. You've seen that in back in May because in April, this, the Fed started to decrease the M2 money supply drastically. And you've seen all of a sudden May, boom, huge crash. Because in April, we've seen a huge euphoria. We had, yes, just like Jordan Jordan said, um, we had a huge, a crazy uh, drop um, in April or in May, let's say May, because because people um, have seen the unexpected uh, inflation rate, and that was so huge that people got shocked and they were scared. Oh God, the Fed is going to intervene now and they're going to change the game, you know. And, and yeah. um, that was the ultimate reason. And yep, I truly believe inflation. Once you know inflation has a peak you're going to see a lot of people probably super scared going going to rush into gold but if you check out in the 80s where inflation was super high people invested in gold and bought the very top and all of a sudden the central bank um you know uh, all central banks have risen the interest rates and what happened they had to wait for more than 20 years to finally get back to their investment they Mm. they were sitting on a loss for two decades and that's the the other thing that we wanted to address. Like right now, retails are buying. And there's one thing I didn't share, guys. I'm sorry, taking time. Um, but if you check out the the, the um, futures chart, et cetera, you'll see that retail investors right now are opening a lot of long positions. It's at one against two. Like for each short position, we've got two long positions. That's, that's huge. We've seen that mid January, right before the massive pullback. 
it's, you see people, retail investors are super bullish, euphoric right now, and they're going to get wrecked probably because the big guys, the big guys are actually in a, you know, um, they love to dump on people. Of course, they need the dump money to join in, unfortunately. Yep. And that's one thing we, we need to address right now. Retails are probably super scared and they're buying assets. Maybe it's not a good time to buy assets. Yeah. And I pulled up the gold price chart just to give people a quick a quick example of how it's been a hedge against inflation in the past. I know we only have about 30 seconds left here. I'd love to give Selman a chance to plug some of his social medias. Where can people find your content? Obviously, you can find Selman, um, NFT Tones, and Johnny Crypto all within the 3T Academy. But maybe tell them your Twitter or other social medias they can follow you on. Yes, um, my, my Twitter is at Gmesting and also on YouTube. Um, I, I do YouTube videos, but for the last couple of weeks, I haven't been sharing much because I'm working on that NFT project, which I, I would love to talk next week. And um, yeah, but definitely Twitter and um, YouTube. And also I'm on Discord as well. I have my little server where I'm sharing stuff as well, time at time. Yeah, feel free to join, guys. Awesome. And NFT Tones, where can people learn more about you? So that's capital NFT, lowercase tones. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and pretty much any other social media you have except for Facebook. Got it. And who uses Facebook anyways? Probably only Johnny Crypto. So oh, why don't you tell them where you can find you? Facebook. Come on. It's all now. love. There's, there's a segment there for Facebook users. Come on now. Um, we're, oh. Yeah, so I'm uh, uh, well, you can find me at Facebook or you can also find me there. We go at Twitter, Johnny Crypto Zero Zero, and also have a YouTube channel, but but I haven't made too many videos yet. (laughs) But uh, and then more importantly, you can find me here at the Academy. And actually, you can find all of us at the Academy because we've got uh, the Freedom Conference coming up in April, April 22nd and 23rd, where you can actually, if you come on down to the conference, um, you can get tickets. I know there's, I think, a link below to the Freedom Conference you can actually come and meet all of us. So we will all be there. You can meet us in person. You can talk to us. You can chat with us. So if you uh, don't like Twitter or you think you you don't belong on Facebook, you can come and meet us in person uh, at that Freedom Conference. I love it. And I just want to say, if you're looking for a deeper fundamental understanding or to get a better relationship and a better understanding of what we're doing, please check out the 3T Warrior Academy where you get access to all of us, Coach JV's portfolio, what he's doing to navigate this market and how he's building the correct mindset to not get flustered or scared when things go awry. NFT Tones, I know we had previously planned for you to bring up some NFT projects, but what we're going to do is we'll make time next week. I promise you that, and you will get a chance to do that. We got sidetracked with all this amazing news today. I'd like to say thank you to Selman. Thank you, Johnny Crypto, and thank you, NFT Tones. I had a ton of fun. Selman, I'm looking forward to next week, and I'm going to close it out the same way that we always do. Warriors, rah, rah. Let's go. Together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go.